time to barrel down as we uncork the Indiana beverage industry one bottle at a time. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Pop Swirl. I'm so excited to be joined by Jennifer Luter from Country Heritage Winery. Jennifer, good morning. Good morning. And how are things in Northeast Indiana? They're going well. We're just about ready to wrap up um, harvest, grape harvest. So things are going really well up here. And so grape harvest, it is the end of September. We're almost into October. You guys have the largest vineyard in Indiana, just over 100 acres, correct? Correct, yes. So we have 102 acres currently um, in the ground, um, all different stages of pr production. Um, we started clear back when we opened in 2011, and we've planted every year since. So um, there are all different stages, but we do have 102 acres in the ground. That is awesome. And maybe people don't realize that growing grapes is not really for the faint of heart. I mean, it is a lot of time and effort, morning, yeah. early mornings, late nights. Yes. Um, so, you know, just even just harvest, um, we pick early in the morning. So it's cool. We don't like to harvest when it's hot out because it's not good for the grapes and such as that. So yeah, there's a lot of early mornings, a lot of late nights, a lot of pruning when it's cold out. Um, um, it's very rewarding. We both, Jeremy and I both grew up on family farms. So we have farming kind of in our background and in our blood. And it's, it's something that's very important to us. And it's very important to country heritage based on, we believe you can't, making good wine comes from the fruit. You have to have good fruit to make good wine. And um, so we just, we're very passionate about the growing and um, basically from farm to bottle um, here at Country Heritage. And I think that's something that makes you guys a hundred percent unique is that you have such a large estate grown list. But one thing that is, um, I think really unique to you guys is your ice wine. Can you talk about what grapes might go into your ice wine and when we might be able to see those back on the shelf? So what we have currently right now is we have a wine called ice aged white and it is made from, um, La Crescent right now. So it's not technically an ice wine because to be a technical certified ice wine, there's certain regulations and rules and temperatures you have to follow. And Indiana, our temperature kind of goes up and down a little bit too much in this area to hit that. So it is the closest thing we can get to it here in Indiana, but it is called ice aged white. And it also comes, the name stems from um, back when they were putting the highway that runs on the, um, be the West East side of our, um, the winery, they were digging a pond to fill and raise the dirt and whatever. And they found a mastodon tooth on our property here. So we have this mastodon tooth. So it has some background meaning with it besides just the fact that it's the closest thing we can get to ice wine. Love that. Such a cool story. So before we get in and start talking about packaging and branding, kind of give our listeners an overview of Country Heritage Winery, who you are, where you are, and all of the neat things that you guys are doing. So Country Heritage Winery um, opened up in 2011 in Laiato, Indiana, which is a small farming community just north of Fort Wayne, Indiana, about 12 miles north of Fort Wayne. Um, the winery and the vineyard sits on our family's um, family farm that has been in our generations for over a hundred years. So it's, in a, it's a homestead farm with the state of Indiana, um, his mom's homestead farm to be particular. And then the rest of our vineyard is on his dad's homestead farm. 
Um, so we have, like I said, over a hundred, right about 102 acres of vineyards right now. Um, so we started in 2011. Um, we have expanded greatly since then. Um, we've grown very rapidly. Um, the community's been good to us. So for us, we do tastings. We have um, two different kitchens that we use on the weekends when we do concert series and bring food in. Um, we are making, we have an estate line of grapes and um, wines. And then we have our other grapes that um, we produce as well. Um, online. We kind of have something for everybody. We have a climate controlled, humidistat controlled barrel room that we age our reds in. Um, so we kind of have that variety that we can hit all different palettes and um, likes and, and hit all, all different types of people in our selection of our wines. So truly something for everybody at Country Heritage. <laughs> yes. And that's kind of our motto as, um, you know, our motto is kind of a short drive to wine country, but we really do. We strive. Our employees are our family and we treat them like family. And we said we want our customers to feel like they're at home when they come in. It doesn't matter if it's the first time they came in or they are very experienced, knowledgeable wine um, connoisseurs. We have something for everybody. And we have the tasting bar staff that some are more experienced, some are newer. So we have that tasting bar staff that can meet up with whoever your personality is, too. And so there's been a lot of recent studies that show that consumers buy from like-minded people. And so I, I love that you have a diverse tasting room group because the, you know, your new wine drinker could really, you know, find and click with a tasting room staff member who is new to the wine industry too, or maybe comes from a diverse background and they can really bond over, you know, a, a really unique bottle of wine that's handcrafted at Country Heritage. Yeah, so our staff is very well trained in accommodating no matter what stage of wine drinker you are. Um, we believe that um, you drink what you like. There's no right or wrong answers. Um, like I said, we have a diverse list. So um, we, you drink what you like and enjoy it and it can be fun and there's no need to stress. Just come in and and you, you, you can find someone to connect with here. So um, doesn't matter what walk of life you come from or what wine stage you're at. There's somebody here for you. And one thing that I love about Country Heritage is the expansion of, I'm going to call it your back patio entertainment area. I'm sure that's not what you call it, but um, the amphitheater, the outdoor pizza, the outdoor pizza oven, um, the chairs, the fire pits. I mean, you guys have to be booming this fall. You can reserve those fire pits, correct? Yeah, so you can go onto our webpage and reserve a fire pit. Um, you can really do any day you want, but um, the most popular times are during our music, outdoor music times, which is um, Friday and Saturday evenings. So we do have a whole amphitheater. We have hundreds of seats, um, first come, first serve, or you can bring your own lawn chair if you want to spread out. We have 19 acres here, so we got plenty of room to spread out. But um, the fire pits are very popular, and you can go onto our website at countryheritagewinery.com and click on the link and rent those and reserve them for that time. So you can sit by the fire, listen to some music. Um, that's something that I have always loved is to be at an outdoor concert or just sit outside, and listen to some music and sit by a fire. It's kind of something that I have always enjoyed. And so we've kind of added it into our plethora of things you can do here at Country Heritage. 
I love it. And those are almost seasonal. Maybe you don't want to sit out there in the winter time, but probably not. But, <laughs> but we do, we will have them from early spring. Our outdoor concerts do end. Um, we try to do our outdoor concerts as long as the weather holds. So even acoustic X or whatever, we'll have them outside as long as the weather holds enough for us to do that. And then once we move inside, um, you can sort at the pits if you want. <laughs> it might just be a little chilly. <laughs> well, I love that because I think you guys have really grown into a brand that not only does Northeast Indiana recognize, but really the state of Indiana. When visiting your website, you guys are on Vino Shipper too, correct? Correct. So you can ship to several states. I think it's like 49 states, I believe, right now that we can ship to. Um, so it does make us a little more accessible to, um, across the United States to be able to ship. Um, and it has been actually expanding and booming the shipping, um, especially through, we went through the COVID stage and whatever, and shipping was a big, a big boom and it still has con ten continued. So um, we do ship and we love to ship to you and we can get our product out there across the United States. Yeah, so I think your brand has truly grown and evolved in, you know, all the few short years, you know, in the long scope mm -hmm. of it that you guys have been around. And I always love watching your marketing because I think you guys continue to push the envelope for the Indiana industry, no matter what that is. And in the Northeast Indiana section of wineries, I think all of you together really push each other to do more and to act more creative. Um, you push your packaging in different ways. Yes, each winery in, in, in our area in Northeast Indiana, I think has their own little niche of things they do and their own little niche of things. But, um, and even though we are competitive, we're friendly competition and, and it's kind of a great industry that way that we push each other to do our best and to come up with new creative ways to attract the customer. And basically what makes you stand out from someone else? Not necessarily better, just different, you know? So it, you know, our, our thing truly is the fact that we estate grown. I mean, we are locally grown, locally made, locally produced. Um, so I think that is kind of where our niche is for us, but every winery has a different niche and in packaging, it pushes you to package different, to make things stand out, to stand out on the wholesale shelves. I mean, when you go into your grocery store, what makes the, what makes something stand out, you know, and you have to really think about that in your marketing and your branding. Well, and you guys just rebranded maybe two or three years ago. Is that correct? Correct. In about so, two years ago, right before COVID. Hit. Okay. So as your portfolio changed, what drove you to update or refresh your brand? We um, kind of, with just kind of going with the times, we kind of sat down and said, what do people want to see? We kind of started expanding some of our wholesaling. So that brought some stuff into it. And we are proud, like I said, of the estate grown. So how do we make that stand apart from the rest of our wines? How do we make those wines stand out different from the rest of the wines? Because they truly are our pride and joy. They are our, I mean, if you're going to ask one of the owners or the winemaker about a wine that we make, it's probably going to be one of our estate wines, just because we are so proud of that. Um, and, it, and it's what we put our heart and soul into. Um, the other wines we do put our heart and soul into those and they're made and they're great quality wines. It's just when you grow them and you see them grow and you see them from start to finish, it's kind of uh, uh, rewarding to see. Yeah. So we rebranded to kind of make those stand out separately from our other wines and to make our other wines stand out as far as you put them on a shelf in a grocery store, what makes them stand out? What makes them look at your bottle? 
what makes you set apart from everybody else. And so we rebranded those also um, just to kind of move with the times a little bit. And one of my favorite branding elements of Country Heritage is your seasonal wines. I mean, I love the wrapped bottles and that kind of goes along with packaging. So what, what made you start wrapping your bottles? Where did that come from? The wrapping is we seen it, we were at a conference and we seen it, seen it on some bottles at a conference and it just really gives you a whole nother degree of elements that you can put on a bottle. I mean, it's more digital. So there's so you can do sceneries. There's just so many more elements you can do than you can do on a standard label. And it's something that nobody else had around here. So when it goes out on the shelf or even on our shelves here at Country Heritage, it stands out because nobody else has it at this time and at the time we did it. So it was just one more of those things that makes us different from the other wineries in the area. And, and we do do seasonal. So we do one for every season and each one has a different scene or a different wrap on it. Um, right now we're in the fall harvest um, scene. So it's all fall leaves, old red barn, kind of going with our country and our heritage theme, which is where our heart and souls came at as growing up as farmers and on our family farms, we have the old red barn and, and you know, the fall scene on it. And it is just a beautiful wrap. So it really pops out on the shelf. And I can't be biased, but I just have to say that my, probably my favorite packaging that I've seen in the last couple of years is your Christmas bottle because it has naughty and nice check marks all over it. Is that something that we can look forward to in just a few, I'll say short weeks, probably going to be short weeks. Yes. It'll, <laughs> I think it hits the shelves in stores. I think it hits here the beginning of November and hits shelves in stores. Maybe uh, don't quote me, but like the second week in November. So yeah, so that is our jolly juice and, and we are very well known for our jolly juice. <laughs> Everybody waits every year for it. Um, and it is a shrink wrap bottle and it is a fun bottle to have. And it's a, it's a, it's a package. It's wrapped all on itself. You don't even have to wrap it. So it's, it's, we, we, um, redid our cases that, so if you buy it by the case, we redid our cases this year to look like the bottle with the big bow on it. So you've already got your package wrapped. If you buy somebody a case of Jolly Juice, it's so already wrapped and ready to go. So, um, the two front tag on it and everything. So that's coming up soon. And one other thing on your packaging is on your wrapped bottles, you have a sweetness scale on the back. Mm -hmm. And from a, a wine consumer perspective, there's nothing more intimidating than walking through the retail shelves and saying, I don't know what the heck a Vidal Blanc is. How do I know what that tastes like? There's nobody standing here to tell me. So I love that sweetness scale. And on yours, they go from dry, medium, dry, medium, sweet, and then all the way to sweet. So is, how do you guys determine how sweet or how dry something is? Do you do that by a blind tasting? Is that scientific? So we take several things into factor with that. And we do, we try to do that on most of our wholesale products because nobody is there talking to you. If you're in our tasting room, we can tell you about it. But if you're at the grocery store, how do you know, like you said, so we did add that on there because it, me too, as a consumer going in, I'm a dry wine drinker. I don't want to get something that's super sweet and not be able to enjoy it when I get home. Um, so we did add that on. And so it is kind of a, a mixture of things. So we take the residual sugar, which is the sugar left in after fermentation. So we know what sweetness level is by that. And honestly, we taste the wine. So we have several of our employees taste the wine and we kind of determine what we feel it is based on the residual sugar, plus what our employees feel the level of sweetness is on it. We do several different employees. We do the dry drinker all the way up to the sweet drinker. So we can kind of see 
where it is at, but mostly residual sugar. But we do add that other component because sometimes when a wine's really fruity or light, it tastes sweeter than what the residual sugar leads it to believe it is. So, absolutely. So that's all consumer perception, wine drinker perception. And one perception element that is hot right now is total packaging. Um, so we've talked a little bit about branding and we've just touched on packaging in different forms of packaging, alternative packaging. And one thing that you guys debuted this summer um, were wine in a can. So how did that go over? Where did that come from? Because you've had ciders. Yes, we've had ciders in the cans for several years. And that was really um, when you're coming out to the winery and we have the winery and the wife is bringing the husband that likes the beer. We didn't have a lot of options. So that's where the cider cans came in um, to, to kind of hit that niche market. And it's actually really expanded and there's a lot of women drinking it and it's expanded to a great thing. The wine in the cans came to us. Um, we buy some of our bigger grapes that we can't grow here from Washington. Um, our, some of our cabs and Merlots, we get it from a vineyard that we're friends with out in Washington and we go out and visit him all the time. And out on the West coast, wine in cans is a big thing because of the recycle factor for it. Um, and so they do a lot of that out there and we kind of seen it and we kind of, so we thought we'd try it up here. I don't think the alternative packaging has hit quite the um, stamina that it has out on the West coast yet. Um, I think it will. Um, it's just starting. So we released wine in a can this summer and it went over fairly well, but like I said, it's still a growing, people are still pretty, um, old fashioned and the fact that they like their bottle, they like that cork to pop. Um, but the wine in the can is great as far as you're going on a picnic, you're going out to the lake and writing, you know, you're going to the lake, you're going on a picnic. Um, a lot of beaches don't allow glass on the beaches. So you can have those cans, they can pack in a cooler really nice and be chilled. So there's a lot of advantages to a can. Um, so it's just another brand. Um, to use and another packaging avenue for those people that do want single servings. They want something easy to pack in a cooler to take with them somewhere. Um, so that them are all the benefits of a can. Um, it stays very fresh in a can. It stays very, I mean, as far as um, how long it'll last, it, you know, if, if it's packaged right, it'll stay great in a can. All of our canned wines are sparkling. So that adds another element. So we can do the sparkling wine without having to get a different packaging machine to do um, another avenue with our wine. So it worked out well for us. And that, just a quick fact for our listeners. So total revenue for wine sales in 2020 hit the 50 billion with a B mark. I mean, that's a lot of wine that is being consumed and distributed and sold around the world but the most successful wine packaging is creative and memorable. And I think that goes not only for the can or the bottle, but also for what that, that package comes in being the overall box. And so your cans were sold in a four pack, correct? Yeah. So our cans are little, the smaller cans that are called the slims and they are, so we do four in a box and it's a bottle. If you fall four cans, it goes a bottle and a third. So, um, on our box packaging, we put that on there because the cans look smaller and people don't realize how much they're really getting when they get it. So we put that on the package just for the education factor. And then our boxes, we tried to bring our branding in with our estate grown stuff. We, so we have a picture of our harvester, um, on our box, most of our boxes, um, 
in the vineyards and stuff. So they were developed to represent our brand and represent who we are, but then be fun too. So the family homestead farm, like I said, is my, is Jeremy's mom's homestead farm and her brother um, still lives here on the farm. And um, he does a lot of our mowing and stuff. And when we first opened, he came in and he wasn't a real wine drinker. So he was still learning and he liked to blend two of our wines and um, we got to call him the Uncle Larry's because his name's Larry. And he's a, so he's Uncle Larry. So everybody knew it as Uncle Larry. And then customers were even coming in and asking for the Uncle Larry. So the one can has a picture of his Uncle Larry um, on it. And it's the blend that he used to do when we first opened. So that was kind of a tribute to him. So that was fun, too. So they're fun, but yet they still hold our brand there, too. And you alluded that people are still traditional and they still like that cork pop. They still like the feel of a glass bottle. I mean, as a millennial, I do enjoy cans because they're easy to take to the lake and they're easy to take to a picnic or to listen to a concert. But I have to say, I too still love my glass bottles. I too still love cork. There's just something so satisfactory about popping that cork out, getting mad because I can't get the cork puller in there right. So let's switch and talk about glass bottles because in a world, I mean, we're moving and we're grooving and the world is changing so quick and we're talking about climate control and we're talking about sustainability. So glass is still the most preferred way of drinking wine. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that. And it's also the best receptacle for aging wine. So if you could put on your magician hat, I mean, where do you think, where do you think we're going? Because there's tons of alternative packaging. I think there's tons of alternative packaging and I think the appropriate time or place for those alternative packagings will be really successful. But like everything, I think there's a time and a place for everything. So like you said, the cans and the bottles, the concert, the, the beach, the outdoor traveling, those cans and stuff come in the other alternative packaging come in real handy. But I think when you're sitting down at home by the fire, the traditional package will hold true. I think it's a test of time. Um, the other thing with changing times is shipping and availability of different types of packaging. It's becoming very tight and very slim. So sometimes you're moving to alternative packaging because you don't have a choice. <laughs> right. Um, so, um, it'll be interesting to see what moves forward. I think that alternative packaging will continue to expand. It'll continue to get here with our, I think our um, people are moving more, they're traveling more, they're moving about more than they used to. So that alternative packaging makes that easier to have your favorite wine and still be able to do those things. Um, I think the traditional will always be here. Um, but I do think some of these ones are nice in the fact that it does make your wine a little more accessible at times it wasn't before. Well, and from a recycling standpoint, I mean, an average wine bottle can be recycled 50 times in its lifetime, whether it is or not. I mean, it mm -hmm. has that potential. And I, I love that you brought up shipping because we ship 33 billion, with a B, glass bottles around the world every year. So that's the United States to Australia to Germany and everywhere in between. And I think Europe has always kind of showcased been maybe one step ahead on sustainability because in Europe, they do a lot of plastic bottles. I mean, airlines, you see this on airlines too. If you fly internationally, they're not glass bottles anymore. They're plastic. Um, Europe has switched to a lot of like bag in a box. I mean, we're seeing Boda box and black box on mm -hmm. our shelves. 
something that is maybe easier to transport, easier to carry around, great for hosting because you get a bigger box so you have more wine to share. Mm -hmm. you think that is maybe something that could be on the horizon in the domestic United States? I think it is. I think it'll take some time. I think there's still some stigmas about different types of packaging and stuff that are old stigmas and stuff, but I, I do think it'll eventually come around. I don't, I, um, so I do think there's going to be lots of alter different alternative packaging coming around the United States very soon. And like I said, some of it is just plain and simply because you're not going to have a choice because there are limited quantities of different things. So, um, but I do think, I think it'll take some time and I think it'll probably start on the West coast first and move across the United States to here in Indiana and Indiana, it'll take a little more time, but I do think it is coming. Um, the, the downfall for us right now with cans is we haven't found a way to ship them in Vino Shipper like we can our bottles. Our bottles are very safe to ship. Cans are a little more unstable to ship. So they've got to find some ways to ship some of those things to the consumer direct to their home because everybody likes to have stuff shipped directly to their home. Um, so that'll be, that'll be one factor that'll determine how big that gets. And bag in a box right now is the fastest growing wine packaging trend nationally. But I think even when I look at the Midwest, when I go out with my girlfriends or, you know, just a night out, this whole trend of wine cocktails is starting to pick up too. Mm -hmm. um, our fellow friends at Hopwood Winery are doing a wine milkshake. The slushy craze is out of control. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you think we're going somewhere that cocktails can maybe be mixed in, um, in our wineries? Or do you think that's a whole different segment of the craft industry? I think in the craft industry, there will be some of that brought in. And I think it is just to hit the demand of the consumers. They want variety. They want different things. Um, the younger crowd um, wants those cocktails. It gives them different options when they come. It's not just wine because there are some people that have to slowly grow into the wine industry. So yeah, I think it gives different options and I think it'll continue to grow and those options will continue to grow. We had an event here just um, the other day and it was an early morning run, um, 5k run. And we did, you know, we did wine mosas with the orange juice and one of our sparkling wines. So, I mean, it's kind of the same type of trend. It's time and place and what, what you need. And I think, it'll continue to grow as the demand meets. I mean, every winery is trying to watch the trends and watch the demands and, and we want to meet what our consumers want. I mean, that's, that's the whole point of being here is to make what the consumers are demanding. So. Well, and consumers are changing because there's four generations of wine drinkers right now drinking, drinking any alcoholic beverage. And so when we talk about target markets, I mean, that's really hard because you, you want to, focus on all four of those generations and within all four of those generations are thousands, if not millions of different targeting segments. And so I think, you know, when we talk about pushing the envelope and we talk about alternative packaging and doing things differently and staying innovative, I think you guys have done a great job, even from the start of just thinking outside of the box, really focusing on your target markets and saying, this is our consumer profile and what does this consumer profile want or how do they behave and perceive information? And then you deliver on that. And I yeah. think that's something that you guys have always done really great. 
so we try to strive for that because you know we do market that we're everybody's winery so in turn doing that you have to have something for everybody so we do have all different ages here we have the 21 year old drinkers all the way up to the 65 70 you know 75 year old drinkers that come in and want different things they come in on different days because you know saturdays are hopping and you have the music and tuesdays are a little quieter so they come in on different days and such but we have you walk into here on a Friday or Saturday night and there is every age group here. So doing that, you have to meet the demands of all the different age groups, which means different packaging, different wines, different items. <clears throat> and you've got to keep being innovative um, to meet all those demands. And we want to meet all those demands. We don't want to pigeonhole ourselves into a certain target audience and eliminate the other ones. So in doing that, wine cocktails, different packaging and all that, becomes a part of it and really reading what your consumers want and listening to what they're asking for. So as a millennial, my favorite holiday is Christmas. And so I can't wrap up this podcast episode without asking, what can I look forward to coming out of country heritage for the holidays? So for the holidays, we um, are gearing up and um, Jolly Juice will be our biggest market push during the holidays. It It's going into five states and into Indiana and all over Indiana. So that'll be our biggest push is our holiday wine, which is Jolly Juice. Um, we will have several dry reds that are being re released because, you know, what better on a cold, cozy night to sit by the fire as a dr nice dry wet, a state grown wine from Country Heritage. So th we got a couple of those being released and we'll, we'll have some sales and some markets going on to make your holiday shopping a little easier. We always have our big Black Friday push and shopping sales. So that's always fun and to get everybody in and, and um, see what they're buying for all their family and friends and such as that. So we're excited. Um, of course, there's always gift cards. There's always shipping to your family and friends. So that's always marketed and out there. And we're ready and gearing up and for packaging gift bags, gift boxes, all those types of items here. So for our friends that are listening, how can they find out more about Country Heritage? Where are you on the social sites? So we're on almost every social site. So <laughs> you can all find us. All of them. All of them. So Facebook and um, Instagram are probably our two most updated where you can find all of our events and stuff, especially Facebook on the events tab. It has everything, all of our sales, any information you want to find about us. You can also go to our website and we have an events tab there also because you can either rent space to have your own event or you can look at our events on that tab. Um, so those are Facebook, Instagram, um, and our website are probably the three top ones I would send you to to find out information about us. And of course, you can always call us um, where we'd be more than happy to talk to you and get you all the details you need to have. All right. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for meeting with me and talking about all things branding, packaging, and of course the holidays. It's hard to believe that that is in 10, 11, 12 weeks. It's just around the corner. So yeah, thank you for having me. I, I appreciate coming in and I love to talk about wine. So anytime. So. All right. We're saying cheers from Country Heritage Winery and we will see you next time.